Hello and welcome to Product Recall. This is Forever 35's deep dive into iconic beauty products. I'm Kate Spencer. I'm Dori Shafrir. And we're so excited that you are here today. Beyond excited. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking this plunge with us onto the Patreon. We know it's a leap of faith. We know that this is big and scary change. Sort of. I don't know. Change is big and scary sometimes. Maybe um, for us the most. I mean, yeah. I am, I'm, a, I'm cocooned in the fetal position all the time here. But we are very grateful that you are supporting us. And this is the first official Patreon episode of the Forever oh, 35 Patreon. I'm so excited. I am honored to be bringing this specific product recall to the Patreon airwaves today. Oh, well, I because don't even know what it is. So I'm excited. Don't? No, I don't. How would I know oh what my it gosh. is? I, I, I deliberately did not look at anything because I like to be surprised. All right. Well, let's kick off the first Patreon episode of Product Recall with one of the most iconic fragrances of the last 40 years. Whoa. Okay. Let Let me start with this. In 2021, a Forever 35 podcast listener sent us a text message. And this was all it said. And this is the only text message this listener ever sent us. It just said this. (laughs) Here we go. 90s scent, CK1 and literal cigarette smoke. The end. Whoa. Now, Dory, that should give you a big hint as to what we're talking about because we're not talking about cigarette smoke. (laughs) Although that is an iconic (laughs) fragrance of the last 30 years. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We're talking about the scent CK1 by Calvin Klein. Now, the reason I chose that text message is because I think it's a good starting point to kind of understanding CK1 because to understand CK1, you have to understand Gen X. And I think it's important. Mm. And I think it's especially important to understand Gen X, not in the context of how we know them now in 2023, but in who they were almost 30 years ago, back when CK1 launched in the fall of 1994. Take me on this journey, Kate. Okay. Well, I say this because it's easy to kind of poke fun at these different, you know, generations and their quirks, especially now, you know, Gen X are mostly in their late 40s, 50s, maybe even 60s. I'm not sure if it goes up that sure, into that sure, age group. Sure. But you know, it's it's easy to kind of like nitpick the characteristics. But I think what was interesting in kind of researching and relearning about CK1 in the early 90s is revisiting what was going on at that time in mm. the United States. Mm. Because it was not an easy time to be a person in your 20s. So let me set the scene. In 1994, okay. And you and I were in high school in 1994. Yes, we were. Um, And so I'm thinking more about what this time was like for folks like in like that post, if they had gone to college, that post-college time, you know, early 20s. So the 80s had ended and the 90s started 
with a war with George W. Bush kind of entering America into the Gulf War. Mm -hmm. There was a recession that happened in 1990 that lasted about eight months, but it kind of set the economic tone for the beginning of the 90s. Bill Clinton was president by 1994. Yes. But he was enacting shit like don't ask, don't tell which happened in 1993, which if Mm -hmm. you're not familiar with what that is, that was a law which, quote, permitted gays to serve in the military, but banned homosexual activity, meaning you literally don't ask if someone's gay and you don't tell if you are gay. And going on through all of this was the AIDS crisis. And I found this wild statistic, which was by 1993, over 2.5 million cases of HIV and AIDS had been confirmed worldwide. And by 1995, AIDS was the leading cause of death for Americans aged 25 to 44. So imagine all that is happening. And then... Kate, I don't have to imagine it. I lived it. You did live it. You did live it. So you can see what I'm saying, right? Like, imagine you are a 22-year-old in 1992. And all this is going on around you. Yeah. Now, a lot of kind of resistance and reaction came out in pop culture. You had Nirvana launching Nevermind, their iconic album that came out in September 91. Grunge became huge. I don't know if you remember when Marc Jacobs released his like grunge fashion collection in 1993. Mm -hmm. He was designing for Perry Ellis he got fired for releasing that collection. Like they, the people at Periolis thought it was such a miss that they fired him. But in hindsight, it like solidified his reputation as a designer. And it's such an iconic, I went and watched highlights from this show. I will link to it because it really captures like the exact essence of what was happening and how this had now made its way into fashion and the mainstream. Wild. So, so basically like it was not easy to be in your 20s and the early 90s. And I think it's hard to kind of understand what that was like now. It was not a feel-good time. No. No, No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And you were coming out of this like decade of excess wealth and greed and just like boldness, brashness, the 80s. And so here you have CK1 a scent introduced in 1994 that essentially captured literally in a bottle the essence of the early 90s. Now, Mm. here is how the New York Times described the fragrance CK1. They called it the ultimate anti-1980s, anti-boomer scent, a riposte to the showy perfumes of the Dynasty and Wall Street years, including Calvin Kine's own best-selling obsession. Now, Dory, it's important to just kind of also note the significance of Calvin Klein, the fashion designer. Oh, yeah. Who really captured this kind of minimalistic look of American fashion in the 80s and 90s. But like what he was almost even more known for was the ways in which he used advertising and marketing to sell his brand. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. It Like you have probably the most well-known from the 80s is Brooke Shields, Nothing Comes Between Me and My Calvins. Yes. 
And then you've got the Kate Moss, Mark Wahlberg underwear ads in the early 90s in which Mark Wahlberg is shirtless in jeans and the underwear and Kate Moss is kind of circling him also shirtless, topless, with her arms crossed over her boobs. Like his ad campaigns were very sexual Mm -hmm. to the point where there have been times where they have been banned. Um, There was like an ad campaign for their denim in the in like 95 that was like very creepy and and pulled from the airwaves and caused a big scandal. So he was known for already like wielding the power of marketing and advertising to cause a scene. He was a provocateur. That's the perfect word to describe him. A provocateur. A and provocateur. I, I I ended up watching this kind of YouTube documentary about him and I'll I'll share a clip from it in a moment. But one thing that was interesting is that I guess Calvin Klein had tried to launch fragrances in the 70s, and it had been a bomb. He failed. And then he retried in the 80s with Obsession and Eternity. And Obsession was kind of like this very sexy party animal type fragrance, and that was captured in the advertising. And it kind of mirrored what his life was like at the time. Mm. And then when Eternity came out, it was this like black and white. It was, I don't know if you remember, but it was Christy Turlington and like featured a family frolicking on a beach like a heterosexual couple. And so that also kind of allegedly mirrors when he kind of settled down with his second wife, Kelly Klein. So oh, I thought that was very interesting. That is and interesting. they kind of theorize that um, CK1 kind of came back when he was like back on the scene partying. The idea for CK1 was very strategic. So in a New York Times piece about the scent, They say that the original brief came from an extensive study that Calvin Klein had conducted on what would appeal to this particular disaffected consumer group, a.k.a. our friends Generation X. So I just want to play a brief clip for you, Dory. Okay. um, That kind of describes... It just gives you a sense if you're not familiar with Calvin Klein and the ways in which the brand's perfumes were marketed around this time. This is um, a little kind of recap of how they handled obsession. So in the early 90s, Calvin Klein um, kind of reappropriated some of that sort of bad boy ethos by featuring Kate Moss in the obsession adverts. Again, through his advertising mites, he shoots a very, very young Kate Moss for the campaign for obsession. And this causes quite a lot of outrage. Uh, It was an incredibly provocative advertising campaign for the way she looked, the way she spoke. Obsession. As with many of of Calvin Klein's advertising campaigns, that aroused a a great deal of of disquiet, both from the public and from the industry. Um, That campaign generated a huge amount of, of attention. So, Dory, that really sets the scene, I think, for what was going on in the Calvin Klein brand Mm. right before they launched CK1. Thank you for listening to the bonus clip of our Patreon episode of Product Recall on CK1. If you want to hear the full thing and lots of other amazing content, please sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash forever35.